have any thoughts about that, about her disappearance or what's happened? I do, but I'd rather not speak about them. Well, that's interesting. Well, let me tell you this, everybody. Welcome back to LeashCast. I didn't anticipate this coming from a mile away, but holy shit, (laughs) is that Babe Ruth? Because he just threw us a fucking home run. (sighs) Good morning or good evening. Whenever you guys are listening to this, thank you for being here. I can't believe what the FOTUS team through to us all. I, I, this is unbelievable. My goodness. I, you know, when I look back at my podcast, I think about how much I've given the defense unintentionally, might I add, you know, I, I thank the new Canaan police department for following me on Twitter, following the podcast. You guys are smart. I respect you completely. Um, and after watching HLN today, and, you know, and watching the police chief, Leon, which I won't give his last name. I'm sure you guys can figure that out. Um, my fellow Polishmen, I highly respect the work they're putting in. And watching his short interview that he had with HLN and discussing the fact that there will be more charges coming um, and being very secretive in who will be getting those charges um, and them I thought it was very interesting for them to really reiterate the two names of suspects that they have. Um, I'm not saying anything other than that. I'm not trying to make it into something that it's not, but I'm saying that Chief Leon did say specifically Michelle Traconis and Fotis Dulos as the suspects still named, uh, making it very well aware to everybody that they were arrested and that they are... Um, going to keep pushing towards the trial and they didn't of course you know the reporter was really pushing to get information on if there's going to be new new individuals named and whatnot and clearly anybody knows um that has any experience in um law enforcement or anything you know regarding the judicial system is no one's going to name anything you know you know give this one lady at hln intel um but I thought it was very interesting. I, I feel a sense of confidence coming from Ch- Chief Leon, um, and I can see that they are working very, very hard um, in in getting everything together. That's my opinion. That's my perspective on this. And I think that Michelle, and this is my opinion, Michelle Traconis gave the state more than we are aware of more than we could even guess uh because i i didn't get to really speak about this too much i do not believe the state would have allowed her to go anywhere um unless she cooperated to a point where she really had stuff that checked out um and i don't want to get too much into it but i definitely believe she rolled on uh fotis and i believe that whatever she said was so good that they're like, okay, we're just going to keep an eye on her, but we're going to throw her a bone here because she threw us a big one. And that's, that's my perspective. That's what I think is going on because anybody that is charged with tampering with evidence, you know, a lot of people think this isn't a big thing. It's major. Um, and I, I, I do believe that she gave us some good, good intel, um, meaning the state. So aside from that, here I am trying to give you a picture. I'm in my sunroom. I'm trying to relax, have dinner, relax, you know, just unwind from the day. And I get this ping, boom, um, 
that first interview with Fotis Dulos, and I just am like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm about to go and hit the road and, and continue about my night, and everything stops. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I'm not even going to be around to watch this interview. And I stopped everything I was doing to make sure that I got this interview. And when I watched it, my jaw hit the ground. I mean, I, I sat there and the first thing I thought of, and this is what I have to say about this is the, the, um, and I have to say this, I studied psych first semester in college. Okay. I'm not a psychiatrist, but come on. If there's one thing that I know is psychology and people and sales. I mean, I'm a born bred salesman. So if there's one thing that I noticed, the first thing was, was the placement of this interview. If you guys didn't catch on to this, I'm shocked. You know, I love the reporter and, and someone said this before, and it was the first thing that I noticed was it was highly edited, highly, highly edited. I I really tell people to try to watch it again. I always try my best to record any sort of interview, any, anything regarding the news because they will pull it. So if you can record it and then rewatch it and you have that. Um, but I will say this now, getting back to all of this. So here I am waiting. It's three minutes to 11. I'm just dying for this. I'm anticipating. I'm watching the preview that, you know, Connecticut news let out. And I'm just like, within two seconds, I said to somebody next to me, I said, listen, I've got this guy's number, meaning I know what he's all about. And this is such bullshit. The first thing he said, okay, that really pinged me off was, okay, we all know that he is mechanical. He has no soul, this guy. I mean, truly, he he has not made a a sneeze, a a burp, um, anything regarding his wife's disappearance. Now, let let me remind you that it was just a few days ago, maybe 48 hours ago, might I add, that he was waiting for his beloved Michelle Traconis to testify to his alibi, people, okay? He, his beloved Michelle, who, who his lawyer stated he heard, okay, this is all hearsay, heard her saying in his house when she was getting her belongings that she knows that Fotis is innocent. She knows that and she loves him and she wishes that everybody would understand that he's innocent. Yet her side, Mr. Bowman from Westport, Connecticut, might I add, shout out to Westport, Connecticut, um is saying on the contrary. He's saying, uh, we want nothing to do with you. Uh, we want no contact. And that was granted. Now, immediately after that happens, what does Fotis's team do? They say, hold on. Okay. We now want to stop the divorce proceedings. So wait a second. Are you in love with Michelle or are you, you, you wanting to stop your divorce because you want to reconcile with your wife? but you've never even acknowledged that she's missing. You just keep saying that it's either, you know, revenge suicide or it's some sort of other hypothesis. You can't see my quote fingers, but guys, please put that in your imagination. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. So either it's suicide or she's missing or which is it? Why are you stopping the divorce proceedings? Now we go into his first interview and he's contradicting himself yet again yet again. And he hasn't even spoken that much. He is now saying, okay, everybody get ready for this. He's now saying in every marriage, 
there is hard times or whatever the hell he's saying. I'm, I'm literally not quoting it to quote it, but you've got to be kidding me, man. Now you're stating the first thing that you say when you're asked by a reporter, okay, is there anything that you want to say to Jennifer's family? And he says, not, not taking it upon himself as a man, as a real man and saying, you know, Jen, I know, and, and I need to preface this. This is me stating as if I was him. Jen, I know you're out there somewhere. I know that this is a very hard divorce. I really want to stop the divorce and I want you to come home so we could talk for our children. Did he say that? No, not even fucking close to that. Okay. He didn't even say anything close to that. He said, I think my sister said it best. Didn't even say what she said, but said that. That is such deflecting, okay? And that is such a red flag on somebody that's guilty. My God, is that something? That is such a red flag. I I, I almost dropped my phone and that was from just a few minutes of watching the preview. I said to myself, this guy really can't even fake it. He can't even fake it. Okay, he's in a position where he is literally up shit's creek without a paddle and he can't even fake it and say, Jen, I'm sorry. I wanted I want to just work this out. I want to talk to you. I know I screwed up. I know our divorce is contentious. They like to use that word all over the news, but screw it. Come back. Let's work it out. I'm worried about you. No, not even close. Does he say that? Okay. He says, my sister said it best. We've never even seen your sister. Your sister didn't even come to bail you out of prison. But now we're, now we're quoting your sister? Dude, come on. This is, this is so bad. I, oh, Lord. Now, let's get into the setting, okay? The setting is his Farmington house, which happens to be on the market for, what, $4.5 million. And they're seated in the perfect marble marbled kitchen, okay, which is the centerpiece of the home. If you've seen the listing, it is known for its unbelievably gorgeous kitchen. So I'm sitting here and I'm watching this and I'm saying to myself, this is, this is a sales pitch. This is not about poor Jen. This is not about looking for my wife. Okay. Even the statement of the headline of the first preview of the interview is I know what I've done. Like, you've got to be kidding me. And I understand it's the news and they're trying to get, you know, a lot of people to watch. But this is literally what he said. These are his words. And when you put it into context in the interview, that's exactly how he said it. I know what I've done. And he believes he is in the 90 to 95% that are innocent of husband's when there is a missing wife. Now, this is what I can't stand that needs to be rectified. And I know Norm is going to listen to this and his team and they're going to critique their client. And I don't want to say too much because I feel like I help too much when I say this, but you guys need to clarify whether it's suicide, whether it's missing, whether it's revenge suicide, whether it's she was involved with some sort of, what did you guys say? Colombian cartel and that she did heroin. I just saw a picture of her the other day, beautiful arms, you know, not even, not even a little scratch from a cat or a dog or a ki- one of her five kids. Okay. This woman did not do drugs. She did not do drugs and run six miles a day. Okay. It's, 
this stuff is absolutely ridiculous. And I saw a comment today, again, shout out to one of my favorite groups um, on social media, um, which I will not name just to protect them because of all of the the bullshit that's been going on um, with Norm and him telling groups to shut up, which I find hilarious. I don't know what you're worried about, Norm. But in this group, someone said immediately after watching this very telling interview that, okay, you're, you're the 10 to 5%, right? That is innocent. Then explain why you're in possession of your wife's bloody clothing, why you were running to a very, very, um, I want to say this appropriately, but rough area of the neighborhood away from your beautiful, wealthy little enclave to dispose of such evidence, okay? Why did you not go to the police? Why did you do this? Completely shady, okay? That's the best word I could use because there's no other word to describe it other than that. Why do all of this? Why tamper with license plates that were yours and then throw them down a, a sewer drain? I can't wait for the story because there's literally no story that you can say. There's nothing you can say that will make this okay. If you're on camera doing this, Fotis, and I hope you're listening to this, buddy, I hope that they didn't cut your phone line. Well, they do have your phone. But if you're able to rent a car, pal, I'm sure you could get another flip phone or a burner. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is the truth. This is, this is life. You know, the, the unbelievable things that these people have been allowed to do, even in the circumstances that they are under, is mind-blowing to me. And this is no disrespect to the police. This is this has to do with the, the system and, and the judicial system and, you know, doing deals and how it works. And I don't want to get too far deep into that right now. But, I mean, if he's able to get a rental car, I'm sure he has a new phone. And if you're listening, Fotis, man, I don't know what you're going to spend. But luckily you paid for a great lawyer named Norm who has until August to figure something out. But I'll tell you this, buddy. <laughs> you guys were really hoping for Traconis. You are really hoping for her to testify for you. But she clearly wants nothing to do with you. On HLN, the reporter actually said that she asked Mr. Bowman, Michelle Traconis's lawyer, if they are on or if they are off. As in, are they girlfriend and boyfriend? And Bowman flat out said, I'm pretty sure the motion speaks for itself. AKA Michelle wants nothing to do with you. They are done. There is nothing going on. Okay. So put that aside for a second. They're done. Fotis knows that he was just trying to utilize the only thing that could potentially help him get out of this. And that girl's like, bitch, I'm out. I'm out of here. Okay. I'm going to New York. I'm going to the Hamptons or wherever the hell she went. And I'm going to probably have security on me until I have to go to court next because I'm telling you, I really believe that she gave states evidence and is she, and she's helping. Um, I think I went into this before in one of my older podcasts. I do believe that she didn't know everything. I do believe she knew some things, but for her to be able to pass the lie detector, I'm a little surprised. I think that either she's very, very good at, um, knowing what to do to do that 
which there are people that are known to have done that. Like I mentioned, the wood chipper murder, that guy passed with flying colors. So there's ways around it. But I do believe that she didn't know exactly what she was involved in. I knew, um, and I said this to someone else, I said, I knew the second I saw her that she was involved in some way. Um, I do believe that Fotis said to her basically, like, listen, I need to get back at this woman. I can't stand her. She's ruining my life. Like, she left this crap at my house. And and again, this is all me in the words of Norm. This is my hypothesis of what happened. Said to his girlfriend that night, we got to get rid of this stuff. Do, do I believe that she knew what it was? No. Would I ask questions? Hell yeah, I would. I'd say, what the hell are we doing in freaking Albany Avenue in Hartford, buddy? Like, I thought we were going to dinner, you know, and and I don't see any place around here where we usually dine out. So that's just me. I don't think that she knew exactly what was going on. And, uh, you know, I have other hypotheses that I I won't get into right now. Um, I do believe that they partied. I do believe that they were involved in the things that they are alleging uh, Jen was involved in, which is complete bullshit. And I'll say that as many times as I need to, it's complete bullshit that they would say that this woman who had everything to live for, okay, would be doing heroin and had uh, Colombian connections. I mean, you've got to be freaking kidding me, buddy. I mean, you're pulling that right out of your ass. This woman adored her children. She wouldn't have hired one of the most prominent divorce attorneys who has his own investigative team, okay, firm, that has taken down some of the biggest hedge fund managers, okay? This, this woman had the financial means to take care of herself, her five children, for the rest of their lives, okay? There was, there was nothing for her to run from. She had an amazing life. Fotis, you were the one that you had the world crumbling when her mother noticed after her beloved husband died that you weren't paying him back for the many loans that he gave you. And then she became privy to the divorce and all of the bullshit that you put Jen through. I mean, just read her public blogs. You'll, you'll see the hints of the fear she had of this man. I mean, go into the divorce court Docs, And I mean, it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. How could you even look at this guy? And that's, that's how I look at him. And I'm sorry if the people that are listening view me as so one-sided, but I am one-sided and my opinion stands with Jennifer and her family for a specific reason, because I've seen in the court, family court docs, that this guy is a big problem. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, I also know that Fotis's attorney, Norm Paytas, was um, in very hot water last week due to him having unsealed, you know, I think psychological results from, I'm not sure if it was Jen or the kids, um, and that was very shady. They were out on the table when he was getting bailed out in the Farmington home. I mean, why would, why would, why would Fotis have that at his home at the, at the time when he finds out that she's missing. It's just, I don't know. There's, there's just so much. Um, their son was battling with suicidal thoughts and that was documented that poor boy. I hope he's okay. I know he's with Gloria and I'm sure he's doing well or as best as he possibly can, but this is a complete shit show. And this interview was 
to come full circle. This interview was so telling in so many ways because it's it's showing how desperate the defense is. They tried Traconis. She said, screw you, stay away from me. The motion is filed, okay? It's done, leave me alone. Now he's trying to file to stop the divorce for a woman that he just said in this interview, to recap, is someone that he had many issues with. We had we had issues, as he likes to say, like every marriage. And I, th- I find it so interesting that that was the first thing that he went to when the reporter asked about his feelings towards Jen. He didn't divulge into anything and say, you know, we had, you know, how many years of marriage? I believe eight. They, they were married eight years. We had, you know, five amazing years. And it's unfortunate that we we didn't have you know, the last three, you know, and, and I screwed up and I, I screwed this woman on the side. And these are all things that he did that people don't really understand. Like he did this. Okay. He met this other woman, which, okay, we're in, you know, 2019 people have affairs, but he had this affair and then told Jen in court docs, it's, it's listed there in family court that he said, listen, I ain't stopping this. And she's going to become a part of the family. We're going to bring her in. Okay, this was this type of guy's mentality. Like, it's my way or the freaking highway. And he said in this interview tonight something that I'll never forget. And it was that it's just it, that it didn't work out. And it, when you watch the interview in full, you'll see how black and white he is in the way he speaks. It just didn't work out. And my prayers are with her family. You say that to somebody when you know that person ain't coming home. Okay. This is not something you say when someone is disappeared. Okay. Is missing for 39 days where there's a potential that she could come home. You don't say my prayers are with them. You know, it just didn't work out. I I mean, I, there's not much else I could say. I wish you guys could see my face. I am not surprised by the way that he spoke in this interview. If you're able to see it, I will post it at LeashCast on Facebook and on my personal page, um, which should be linked. Uh, most of you guys know it's Alicia Mary on Facebook. But I will post on at LeashCast on the actual uh, podcast page on Facebook. And I will post on Twitter. So please follow me on Twitter. The interview which I recorded. Because a lot of people are saying that it's gone. They can't find it. So I will post it there. Um, I apologize. It's literally off of a mobile phone. So bear with me. But I, I want you guys to really watch the body language, watch his facial expressions and watch the way he speaks. He's, you know, literally mechanical. It, it, it's monotone. It's literally what he wants to say. It's funny. After this, uh, Fotis's defense team actually were uh, releasing a statement from from him again, quote fingers, and it was nothing in regards to the way that he speaks. It was literally Fotis's lawyer or one of his henchmen writing out about him, you know, worrying about Jennifer, which he has never said. This was the one platform where he could have said, you know, I am worried for Jen. Jen, please come home. Because he knows she's not coming home. He knows she's not coming home. And it's so sick. 
it's so sick to watch when you just know someone like me, which I just, I could just read through the bullshit. And he's, he's trying in his own way to show his confidence because he knows that it just didn't work out. And that's it. He didn't say anything in regards to thanking their grandmother for watching the kids and, and, and how horrible that must be. Um, not in regards to the kids, but how horribly trying it must be for an 85 year old woman. And yes, she does have help. Okay. But who cares? It's, it's, this is the the most horrific thing that could happen to their mother who was a hundred percent of the time their caregiver. Okay. And that's something I have to really reiterate. Fotis had supervised visitation. Okay. Because the court found him unsuitable to parent on, you know, without supervision. So a lot of people don't see that because a lot of things are getting sealed now in, in the family courts. But that is paramount for people to understand, especially the people that really combat me on my views, which I respect you can. But this is my opinion. And this is my opinion based on the facts that I saw through the family court. And and from what I see from him, what I see from him having, what is it, two or three lawyers drop his ass, um, which is never a good sign because they know it's an uphill battle. And just from the statements that I've recently seen from the family mediator that spoke to the kids that have on, you know, documented court record of the kids saying that Fotis told, told them to lie about their mother. I mean, this guy is not a good person and I'm not going to get too much into it. That's my opinion. And I feel like this is going to just open up like a flower and things are going to just start to surface because once you start distancing suspects, the pressure starts to mount and it is I don't know if you've noticed but Michelle is gone and now Fotis is talking now Fotis is having the courage to come out and speak the man that had no voice all of a sudden now wants the divorce to end yet he says in an interview after just didn't work out so which is it Fotis which is it is she suicidal and she was revenge suicide and she's dead? You want the divorce to stop? Why do you want the divorce to stop? Because you have motive. You're losing everything. And Jen was worth more to you dead than alive. And nobody's saying that, but I will. And that's the facts. And it's so sad because I can't believe, you know... I saw the number today and it just irked me. 39 days. But the number that made me happy was to see a thousand tips to New Canaan PD. I love that the FBI is involved. I thank them for their service always. Um, Especially, like I said, my father was involved in um, that line of work and I won't get into it more. And I respect everyone that has been in the ponds, that is searched. And I do believe that there will be an ending to this and there will be justice. But I will say this to everybody. (sighs) The truth is coming out and it's going to start coming out more and more because now, now, excuse me, 
These are my security cameras. Now you guys get to hear them. My security cameras all over my home, which <laughs> don't get me started on. I wish that this woman had at least one in a tree on her property. Unfortunately, didn't. Or unfortunately, I hear now the latest, or someone said this, which I, I can't confirm, that that home did have extensive security systems, but, and, you know, visual security. However, everything was dismantled. I don't know the story if that's legit, but it kind of makes sense with the fact that this home was built, and I believe 2005, or no, excuse me, 2015, rather. I think 2015, 2016, because she moved in in 2017. So I just find it interesting. And, and Fotis being there days before and, you know, maybe being inside the house. We don't know if he was inside the house. You know, it's very easy to dismantle cameras. I mean, if you know where they are and if you're a builder and you know where you would put them. So I'm just saying that's my opinion. So um, other than that, I think that's about it for tonight. I think that there's going to be a lot more. I think there's going to be a lot more news people attacking him to kind of get their peace from him for their own wants and publicity. But the more and more he talks, the more and more he's going to dig himself in a grave. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that because I know their team's going to go, okay, now cut every interview. Don't do anything. But on the other side of it, it may be good for him. It may be good if he starts to show remorse. I don't know. But what he's doing right now is showing who he really is. And I'll, I won't get it, into it, but you're showing us who you are, Fotis. You're showing us who you are, which is a person that has already closed the chapter. It's done because you know it's done. You have the answers. Nobody else does. There isn't anybody else. And when you were asked if you knew of anything regarding the disappearance of your wife, you said yes. And then said, but I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to discuss that right now. How can you say that knowing everything that's going on, what the state is doing, the money that has gone into this? If you know anything and you're choosing not to help your wife at this time and you're mo more focused on Traconis testifying for you and making sure that your ducks are in order and saying to reporters that, wait a second, I do know, but I, I, I choose not to discuss it right now. I'm sorry, but if the role was reversed and I was in this position... I don't care how much I hated my ex, I would 100% say, listen, this is what was going on. This is where we need to look. This is where she used to go when she was upset, but not even a blurb of that. And I understand trying to protect yourself, but come on, pal, come on. When, they, when they're putting you behind bars, that's when you have to start really looking introspectively and saying, uh, why am I here? And he knows why he's there. He knows why. But sadly, we have a personality of somebody who believes that they will get away with this. Because even just looking at him, he really thinks that he cleaned house and they won't find her. But 
he showed his biggest fear via f- complete, you know, defense team saying that they wanted Traconis and they wanted Traconis all the time. They kept showing over and over again in the past week and week and a half that Traconis were trying to get her. We're trying to talk to her, but nobody's letting us. Why do you need her? Why do you need Michelle? And I think that's going to be the next bombshell that hits. I think that that is coming. July 18th will be here before you know it. The best thing I could say is enjoy your 4th of July with your families. Don't take them for granted because I can't believe what this amazing family is going through. I can't believe that Gloria has to then explain another day to those five kids why their mother isn't there or try to in some way. But Fotis, judgment's coming, my friend. And you're really, really bad on camera, my friend. And I, when I say my friend, I mean it so sarcastically, so do not take it in the wrong context. It's coming. The truth always comes out, and um, it's very, very unfortunate that you decided to uh, go this way and make the decisions that you've made, but things will start to flourish in the other direction in the right direction and those homes are not going to sell FYI so happy 4th of July if I'm not back before then unless Fotis decides to jump out of a freaking air hot air balloon with a sign saying he did it I don't I don't think he'll be on the news again I could be wrong but he may be but I will be back once I get some intel once I get some information but if you guys have not listened to my past episode um, on Mike Blakeman. It's an unbelievable story. And I actually have a personal story of someone close to me, um, that they met actually while incarcerated. And that story blows Mike Blakeman's away. And I think that you guys would really, really enjoy it. My listeners, um, it really puts life into perspective. Um, it makes you think, you know, you could be living the most green life, as they say it, which is the clean life. You know, you're not doing crazy things. You're working a nine to five job and you go out and party and you decide to go a little bit overboard on the partying that one night. And you you literally wake up to you being in your car and police telling you to get the hell out of the car and finding out where your wife is and what happened to her. So and it's all you're doing and you completely blacked out and have no recollection of it. It's, it's the story is fucking crazy and you guys would really enjoy it. Um, he was just sentenced and, uh, it was, a, it was a wild ride. So you could, you could also YouTube it. You can watch the whole sentencing. So if you haven't watched episode eight, it's very interesting and, um, happy fourth again. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our veterans. God bless this amazing, amazing world we live in and I hope for justice and it's coming until next time my friends have a great holiday